Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Every NFL kicker not named Justin Tucker is a disaster. It is I, Rob Paul. Okay, the guy who coined the term the Tony Hat Trick, which is triple-digit yards, double-digit catches, single-digit ejections. And with me, as always, is AJ Mills Mafia Magic Marchese. I uh, I once got a Tony Hat Trick. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with that. Today, <laughs> we're breaking down the best and worst rookies from Week 5 in the NFL. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley. Or Thibodeau, who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Green rooms. We've all been in them. We all would like to be in them again. Best way to get in them? Spotify. With Spotify Green Room, you're able to either be in the green room or have other people in your green room. You know? You get to do live sports talk. On a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use at the iOS App Store. You can talk to all kinds of podcast hosts, people in sports media, other fans. You can do debating. You can post-game breakdowns. All that good stuff at Spotify Green Room. Bring your spiciest takes. I did that whole ad read off the top of my head. It was a very sexy ad read, if I do say so myself. Thank you. Yeah, when I don't have to read off a sheet and I just use my mind, it gets sexy. You do. That's just your default mode. It's just sexy. Yeah. Okay, so week five of the NFL season was pretty wild, just like week six of the college football season. Started with that Ram Seahawks Monday <laughs> or Thursday nighter, sorry, AJ, where we had a double pump. We had Geno Smith. We got the London game on Sunday morning, which AJ also hated. Uh, and then we got the Packers, Bengals, all the missed kicks, the Vikings' last second win, the Steelers' rise to prominence once again. <laughs> yeah. The Eagles' big comeback, 
the Pats come back, uh, the Chargers-Browns game, arguably the game of the year. Is it the game of the year so far, you think? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, plus, we had uh, that insane Lamar Jackson overtime win against the Colts come back on Monday night. Wild week of NFL football. Um, and plenty of rookie quarterbacks to talk about. Plenty of rookies to talk about in general. It, we're, we're finally hitting that point in the season where we're kind of we're just over, or I, I guess we have 17 games now. So we're like a quarter of the way through the year. And rookies are starting to take the field more frequently. Other rookies are starting to kind of have their breakout games. Plenty of rookies are playing, which makes this show better because we don't have to kill as much time. Uh, but let's start with the rookie quarterback rundown. Um, you had the Jaguars this week, Ola Urban and, and Trevor Lawrence. They play the Titans. Titans won 37-19. What did you see from T-Law? Uh, he was all right. You know, he had, he had the moments. So I'll break this whole thing down. Give me 20 minutes. You can take a nap, Rob. So, so I think off the top, they got the run game going, and it was it was throughout the whole game. Uh, Robinson looked good, man. He had like 100 yards before the half. And then Urban, big brain moment. They went to play action a bit, and Lawrence looked really comfortable there. Um, just lots of times to throw. Made, a, made some really nice throws just on crossing routes there. And then they just went away from that for a little while, which didn't make sense to me. But a um, little, little later on, third and three, made a really impressive sideline throw where he, he led uh, Marvin Jones. The ball just jumps out of his hands, man. Um, a couple plays later, he, he gets instantly pressured, rolls left fast as heck. It was kind of ridiculous. Uh, I thought he was going to throw it just away, but he slings it to Von Austin on the sideline, who makes a guy that miss, gets down to the 10-yard line. Then he had his first touchdown pass, which uh, or his only touchdown pass. Corner route to Jacob Hollister. Lawrence just put it like with perfect touch, perfect placement, easy touchdown. He started like eight of nine for eighty-one and a touchdown. Uh, and the game was fourteen to thirteen. It, they were right in it, and he started really well. And the, it was like all based around the running game. Uh, next possession, I thought he was going to rip a seam touchdown. He had the guy, uh, maybe held onto the ball second long, and he got hit, and the ball kind of just floated up in the air, and I thought it was going to be picked, but it hit the dirt. Um, a couple times, Harold Landry just got him like. On sacks where he's trying to scramble us in the pocket, and I thought Lawrence could have done a better job either throwing the ball away or being more decisive. So I think he's got to work on that. Kind of just I've, a lot of rookie quarterbacks have been doing that this year, where they just clean pocket or maybe slightly murky, and instead of you know stepping up or even just deciding to run, they're kind of just fading away and not really doing anything, and mm-hmm. it leads to getting sacks. I've noticed that from Wilson a lot. Uh, Lawrence not too yeah. bad, but I, I think Fields has done it a couple times. But yeah, anyways, um, start of the fourth. We move on to the fourth quarter. They had a first and goal. Spread it out wide. They call a quarterback draw, and Lawrence just kept it up the middle. Easy. Um, his biggest throw of the day, just a beautiful strike to, to LaVisca Cheneau. Wide open, uh, around 15 yards, just like a just like a, a, a dart. Um, throw wasn't that great, but Cheneau turned into a 58-yard gain, broke a bunch of tackles. You know what I'm finding with, with Lawrence, and I think this has been going on since the start of the year, uh, specifically in the red zone, but even just, just anywhere on the field, it's, he's missing guys just out of a guy's reach, and they're always on outbreaking throws, and he needs to work on that, and it's just like just outside of guys' hands. But then it's also like, I feel like he doesn't really have anyone who can make any plays on the ball in the air, and like they also don't do a good job of getting Lavisca Chanel the ball. So it's a bit of both, and I think his receivers got to be better. But I think he does too. Um, almost had another rushing touchdown, just kind of inches inches short, which would have been big for them. Then they handed the ball off to, to Carlos Hyde on the fourth down. He lost four yards. And then his pick came at the end of the game, literally the last play of the game, in the red zone. He just forced it into triple coverage, and Kevin Byard was just standing right there. It was pure 
terrible throw, but it was pure garbage time. It, it didn't matter. So finished with a 23 of 33. That looks good. 273, a touchdown, a pick, 28 yards on the ground, and a touchdown. Um, overall, I thought lots of impressive stuff. Uh, I don't know if there's a big takeaway from this game. I do feel like, you know, he looked like the first overall pick, though. And it wasn't like some big flashy game, but there's a lot of good there. And when you throw the context in of what that team's probably going through right now, given yes. good old Urban, uh, first game back since since Urban decided to hit the bars, um, I think this is, it gives you confidence, I think, as a Jaguars fan, not in the coaching staff, but in that you've, you've got the right quarterback for this thing to get turned around. Now you just, hopefully, Shad Khan fires Urban Meyer this offseason. And you, you can get a real staff in there. Yeah, and like before before the season, we talked how the roster wasn't that bad. And maybe it's a little worse than we thought it would be. But also they've, they've had injuries and, and, you know, DJ Chark going down. But I ultimately do totally agree. It, it You know, not just off the field. Urban Meyer's a shit coach on the field, too. Uh, yes. Um, moving to Zach Wilson, who... Where'd this game take place, Rob? This took place across the pond in uh, Tottenham Hotspurs Stadium um, on Sunday morning. And I don't know, maybe Zach Wilson was a little sleepy. Maybe the jet lag got to him. I don't okay, know hold on. What was going on? Zach Wilson could not use jet lag as an excuse when his family owns the fucking airline company. <laughs> and he plays for the Jets. And he plays for the Jets, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the only reason they took him, to be honest. They're like, you know what, this makes sense. Let's take Zach Wilson. I respect that move. Um, yeah, so Wilson through coming off that Titans game where I told you mm-hmm. it was nothing until the end of the third quarter, and then he really did turn it on and kind of played with that YOLO style in a way that wasn't necessarily a negative and, and was yeah. uh, really actually fun to watch. Um, although, according to PFF, he had his most amount of turnover where he throws in that game. Um, but... Comes back against the Falcons in London. Um, a Falcons defense that hasn't been good. A Falcons team that, that hasn't been very good. Uh, and throws for 192 a pick. And really didn't show anything particularly special. No, he was bad. It, it was another, like Lawrence, taking really well. Not as bad as Lawrence. I mean, worse than Lawrence, I should say. Just taking, I think he only took two sets, but they were both really bad. Uh, he was inaccurate, I thought, from the beginning to the end. And like you just alluded to, he already came out again this week, and he's like, oh, i got to stop overthinking and start ripping it, which I'm like, I thought you already <laughs> came to that conclusion a couple weeks ago. But I-, I think he's in his own head right now. And, like, you saw the interception with fucking brutal, just stared down the wide receiver. I don't, I didn't see anything from Zach Wilson this game. There was a couple, like, uh, solid throws, but throws that you, you'd expect any quarterback exactly. to Exactly, yeah. I think he's – his best throw came on uh, in the fourth quarter. There was this um, this deep kind of comeback on the side, uh, the left sideline. I think was it to Keelan Cole, maybe. I think it was. Um, yeah, I think it that was. was kind of. Yeah, that I think that was his best throw of the game. And even then, that that like that's a throw every quarterback that's worthy of anything should be making. Like Kirk Cousins um, is making that throw it, three times a game. Yeah. Yeah, I I also think you make a good point uh, when you were talking about just Trevor Lawrence fading from the pocket. I think you were seeing that a ton from Zach Wilson, Mm -hmm. too. And was their offensive line great? No, but it wasn't 
like it wasn't what I saw from the Bears offensive line three weeks ago with Justin Fields, right? Like it's not great, but it's not the worst in the league. I I, I like Elijah Vera Tucker actually played a pretty solid game. Um and I don't know, it's just there, there's not a lot of specialty special throws coming from him right now. And a lot of his yards are kind of those layup throws. Yeah. And it's not even like he's throwing for a ton of yards. I mean, when you watch... And they were down, but, like, they were, they were down immediately, too. Yeah. So, like, the Falcons' defense, like, Dean Pease was... Uh, had him confused. And, like, they weren't even doing a ton in terms of blitzing. They were, the, I thought the Falcons' defense was taking it fairly easy. And, it's t- like you said, it's a terrible defense. <laughs> when you draft a prospect like Zach Wilson, who... So many of his big plays came on, like, magical throws that, like, sometimes he they really shouldn't have been completed. It, it's – I don't know. Like, to me, I think we, like, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but, like, that lends itself to being a boom and bust prospect. And not even just a prospect, but a player from game to game play to play in the NFL, right? You're not, you're not playing a soft BYU schedule like last year. Uh, yeah, I, I think – I don't know. I think we got to see more from him very, very soon. Yes, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, it's not look like uh, you saw the glimpses in the Titans game, but like it doesn't look good. They luckily they have their bye week this week, as does Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers. How did Lance look in his first start? Also, weird that him and Zach Wilson both threw for 192 with a pick. <laughs> I thought Lance was better than Zach Wilson, though, that's for sure, because uh, we're Wilson, I don't know, three yards on the ground. Uh, Trey Lance had 89 yards on 16 carries, and they leaned on his legs. Mm-hmm. Um, first play of the game, right away, 15-yard scramble. It's like, all right, Lance, let's get into this. Let's see what you can do. Uh, a couple plays later, play action, stepped up, looked slick, just slung it in. I mean, put it right over. <laughs> the receiver's head right to Buda Baker. Uh, probably could have had the first easy with his legs, and uh, that wasn't great. Uh, that, was, that was his interception. Um, fourth and two. Uh, quarterback power um, just got stuffed. There was a couple plays where he, he got just stuffed running the ball. Later, uh, just a bootleg, naked bootleg to the goal line where he got met at the goal line by three San Francisco 49ers and just crunched, which was kind of – they're running him a lot. Um, but, yeah, on that, on that on that fourth and two, I thought, like, he kind of just ran out ahead of his guard. So I think he's got to just get a little more feel. And um, But watching him just scramble and sling it is a lot of fun. And they, they ran him, like – a lot of design runs, you know, just zone read, power runs though too. Um, in the air though, I, I thought I thought the Niners had a lot of drops, um, but I don't know. Lance was not throwing tight spirals like at all. He throws a really wobbly ball. So I'm like, is it? I, I think it's a combination of the Niners receivers not being that good outside of Debo, and uh, being a wobbly ball and just throwing fucking rockets because he's just juicing these balls, man. Like every time the ball comes out of his hand, it's it's just a fucking missile. <laughs> um, Another issue I've noticed, he's got a batted ball problem early in his career here. I, I think through through both games, uh, just lots of b- balls getting batted down. Um, the biggest one of all, fourth and four in the fourth quarter, J.J. Swat got him. So, like, he's got in the best of them, but still. Um, I think he's kind of like, I don't know. It, I don't know if his, his throwing motion looks a little more elongated now than it did before, but he, he's, he's, he dips that ball pretty low there, I've, I've noticed. And it comes out like a fucking missile, but still. Um, maybe like the nicest throw he made, like, like I, I think later in the game, he, him and Debo, they got a good connection cooking, man. Like he just 
started to scramble and throw like just missiles to to Debo and throwing it up high and wherever Debo can get him, he's getting them. Um, his best like accuracy throw, I think though, third and three, just a little hitch on the outside to Ayuk, but just perfectly placed. It was tight window. The coverage was good. Uh, put it right on on the outside shoulder of Ayuk and they converted the first down. So I think fun, fun performance. And like I said, the, the game kind of just went through it's, his legs, but uh, as, a lot to clean as up. Someone who, yeah. As someone on kind of obviously you handled this game on the outside uh, looking in, it's interesting to me how much they did lean on his on his legs. Yeah, and like like I said, a lot of design stuff, not just zone reads, not just scrambles, but power and just letting him uh, be the guy. And like he ran well, but like I, I don't know, I expected a little bit more, and that may be unfair, but. Like, he was good. But, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was ready for, like, a big explosive run, and it wasn't really that. It was just a lot of chunk running, and his biggest runs were, were coming off scrambles. Seeing how, how frequently he was used as a rusher kind of makes me wish we could see Justin Fields in that scheme mm-hmm. because, once again, um, Matt, Matt Nagy, it, I don't – well, I guess Matt Nagy or Bill Lazor. No one knows who's calling plays. Uh, didn't – lean much even again last week i mentioned they don't necessarily need to be pounding the rock with justin fields yeah. but at least have the threat of the pull there to open up the run game well how many times and do they, they run them three rushes for four yards yeah they were designed runs and they felt so ill-timed they're running the like i i just sitting there wanting zone reads again because i think that'll just open up the run game in general Though they didn't have trouble running the ball despite David Montgomery being out. But it was like they were running like QB power, QB sweep, and it just didn't feel like it was a good time in the game to be doing it. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like someone told Matt Nagy he should be doing it after not doing it for two weeks with Justin Fields. And so he was just throwing them in to throw them in. Like it, it didn't it seemed odd to me. Um Overall, Fields went 12 of 20 for 111 in a score. Nothing spectacular against the Raiders. They won, though. They got up um, early and kind of just, it felt like, leaned on their defense in the run game to control the clock and win the game because uh, their defense did play really well. Um, he had his first career touchdown pass, which was the Jesper Horstead, where he ripped it, it, They were, like, inside the 10. He ripped it high in, 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 into, into a tight window back of the end zone where in um it was over a meek robert robertson in just uh, in a spot where the db couldn't make the play but the velocity put on it the fitted in there i thought was really impressive yeah um he was taking a lot of hits at one point uh and he did leave temporarily after an awkward hit um but throughout the game although it wasn't like a flashy performance they didn't ask him to do a ton one actually, one thing I do want to say is last week I talked about how four, uh, he had four play action deep balls that were in impressive completions, twenty plus air yards downfield, plus a, a fifth twenty plus air yard throw that wasn't on play action. They didn't. They did not bother going back to that at all. <laughs> they rarely ran play action passes, and last week it was a lot of play action straight drops, and they just didn't do that. Um, it was a lot more spread gun this week. But uh, one positive to come out of that was I you could consistently see him making throws on time as receivers got out of their routes. The ball was there. He put very few throws into con- conflict. But overall, it kind of just sucked because it was such a vanilla offense. And I, I, it, clearly the game plan was ball control, lean on the defense. And it worked. Offense. 
And it worked, and it worked. It for sure worked. It just, as someone who's just wanting to see Justin Fields yeah. be totally utilized, it, it did suck. Um, he had a couple big third down throws in, in kind of third and seven or less situations where he was on time and he converted those for first downs. It was, again, box score doesn't do justice to what I thought it was a very positive game, a very mistake-free game, a very much carrying out the game plan type game from Justin Fields. Do you think Fields and, and Lawrence are in the same boat where they are better than their coaches? I mean, that's so easy to say, but actually getting a good, you know, a good look at them now. Is that how you feel? Yeah, well, it sucks because uh, I, I, I like the play callers that the Jets and the 49ers have more than the Jags <laughs> and the Bears have. But the, the Bears and the Jags rookie quarterbacks have shown more than the Jets and the 49ers rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but luck, luckily for me, I also got to watch uh, the Patriots come back over the Texans, so I got to bang out two more rookie quarterbacks uh, with Mac Jones versus Davis Mills. I'll start with Mac. Can you go back and forth? Like they're dueling yeah, it out? Would, uh, through my notes, that would be very confusing <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, Mac threw for 231 to score a pick. Um, it was it was similar to what we've seen from him. It's not spectacular. It gets the job done. I don't think it's imp- as impressive as what some media outlets lead you to believe. It's annoying. But, I, like, I think he's clearly going to be a starting quarterback for a while. But, like, I don't think he's kind of exceeding that Andy Dalton to Kirk Cousins type range. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. And, and, and I mean, they won the game, but he looked comfortable and quick throws out of the gun. He had two big third down slant throws on the first touchdown drive. A lot of what they were doing was quick slants and deep slants. Uh, a lot of play actions, th- seam throws to tight ends and slots where they were just wide open. The Texans defense like was just leaving guys wide open. Um, a, uh, a bunch of layup throws to tight end slots and running backs the interception that came at the start of the second half where you just didn't really see Lonnie Lonnie Johnson overtop his receiver and, and Johnson easily undercut it. That was pretty bad. But then he had the touchdown to Hunter Henry, which was a 13-yard post, and it was a very well-placed ball. Um, but just v- almost no throws were more than 15-plus yards. Mm-hmm. The, I thought the play calling did a really good job of utilizing what Mac Jones does well, which is getting the ball out on time. Um in throwing a catchable ball in the short to intermediate range, almost not even intermediate. Um, he had three nice throws on the move that came out of structure too, which was kind of fun to watch. Uh, I think all three went for first downs where one was a, a nice rollout under pressure, ding it to the sideline. One was a cool one to, I think it was like Matt Lacoste. No, 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 it was Hunter Henry. Um, where he was just kind of avoided pressure, looked like he was going to scramble, and saw Hunter Henry just kind of standing in the flats and just flipped it to him. That's positive um, to see. Yeah. Sorry? That is positive to see for Mac Jones. Cause I don't think we saw much of that yeah. throughout this. Yeah. No. No, you saw a little more out of structure play from him. Um, again, like, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Uh, it's just not a very – especially against the Texans' defense where, like, it just was horrible. Like, he was – that Patriots offensive line was, I think, starting four non-starters. Yep. yep. And and the, like Mac Jones was rarely under pressure. It's a pretty impressive. And the the linebackers were so just out of place that he was just sneaking it behind them a lot on the on the RPOs and the quick slants and yeah. Um, 
I think the most impressive rookie quarterback I saw this week was Davis Mills, <laughs> who box score had the best box score any rookie quarterbacks had. 312 passing, three touchdowns, 72% completion. They lost, but I thought Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton, especially coming off that horrid game Mills played last week, Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton did an incredible job with them. Uh, the first touchdown, uh, Kim Eau Claire down the seam, it just... It, it, it looked like it was supposed to be play action and, and the back and Mills were on the same page and, and the back just kind of bailed on it to pick up blitz. But the, the safety's eyes were in the backfield. So it was he was a step late and uh, Mills just put it over top of him. The second TD, um, he went through his progressions really quickly. Nothing was there. He rolled right. And down on the right sideline, he put it high. And it might a taller cornerback probably intercepts it. It was a pretty ballsy throw, but he got it just over J.C. Jackson. Chris Moore pulled it in and went 40 yards after the catch for the score. <laughs> um, just before the half on a fourth and two out of gun, he rolls right and he throws a strike on the sideline to Chris Conley. The DB missed time the ball, and Conley kind of picked up an extra 20 and that set up a field goal. And then the third touchdown pass uh, was a wicked, almost delayed flea flicker where Mark Ingram took the handoff, kind of side-shuffled, then flipped it back, and Conley was wide open down the right sideline, and Mills put it in his bucket. Uh, and there was a couple of money down throws that were quick one-read RPOs, outs, and slants that all converted for firsts. Um, this this game makes you feel like Davis Mills, you saw the low lows last week and the high highs this week. You, it makes you feel comfortable in him being potentially a long-term backup for the Texans. Okay, let me ask you. When Tyrod Taylor comes back, who do you think starting? Uh, Tarab should start. Okay, let me. I think that offense gets to be a lot more creative with Tarab, yeah. given his legs, and he looked really good before he got hurt. Um, I think Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton, uh, Kelly being OC, Pep Hamilton passing game coordinator and QB coach, those two are holding this Texans team together, especially in terms of watchability, because they're having a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, like I think the the only thing maybe because I think like right now Tyrod Taylor uh, gives you the better chance to to win football games for sure. Uh, but the only thing maybe is like, hey, do we just ride Davis Mills and see if he's actually something or or not? You know. Yeah. No. Um, I guess that's a fair point. I just really liked like they, when Tyrod Taylor was yeah. starting. I thought this team was really fun to watch. They looked shockingly good the first two weeks uh, until Tyrod got hurt. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's quarterback rundown. Lots, lots. We get six each week. Hopefully, we can kind of do a three and three split going forward. No, I like but, to. Uh, I like we'll two see. and two. And four. <laughs> um, it hurts when they're playing each other. Yeah, that made it difficult. That did make it difficult. Um, okay, rookie of the week. Who you got for offense? Uh, okay, I split it. But uh, did you pick Kyle Pitts? I picked I I gave it to two guys. Fuck me too. Okay, <laughs> so, so let's start with Kyle Pitts. We we both gave half of it to Kyle Pitts, and I kind of did it because I thought you'd pick Pitts. So let's start with. I thought you'd pick him, so I yeah. <laughs> okay, P- Pitts Pitts finally with um, Calvin Ridley out for the Falcons. Kyle Pitts had to be the go-to guy. Ten targets, nine catches, one hundred nineteen yards, and a touchdown across the pond. Um, this looked like the Kyle Pitts, the Florida yeah. Kyle Pitts. He was just running open constantly because he's so fluid and athletic. 
kill me that like the Jets were like, all right, John Franklin Myers, we just paid you a bunch of money. You got to go out and earn it. Cover Kyle Pitts. And he's in coverage. You're, you're a natural five tech. Cover <laughs> Kyle Pitts. In the red zone. And then, you know, Pitts ran a beautiful route, but it was it was just so easy because it's, it's no offense to John Franklin Myers. Worth the money. Happy for him. But he should not be covering Kyle Pitts. And it was just a nice throw. It was too easy. Uh, that one had a catch on the, on the crossing route. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was an unbelievable grab. Uh, on top of this, too, he drew a passing difference at the end of the half, too. Um, I remember that. Remember, like that the, the deep catch they had on like that pin post um, later in the game. It should have been a touchdown, but uh, oh the yeah the one where they kind of hung up in the yeah. air uh, against yeah the, yeah Iceman under threat yeah just yeah yeah. So I I think this could have been an even bigger game. Not that it wasn't already a fantastic performance from Kyle Pitts. You know what was funny yeah, too? Just, Sorry, just quickly. What? Everyone projected like every, all week they're like this is gonna be the Kyle Pitts game. This is gonna be the Kyle Pitts game, and everyone was right. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, I hope that even once Calvin Ridley's back, I hope this gives him the confidence to kind of ensure he gets his touches going forward. You know what I found interesting on this is from uh, Next Gen Stats, and but you noticed watching it live, and it was actually felt like less this week, but he leads all tight ends in targets, receptions, and yards on in breaking routes. And I felt like that was a bit of a criticism for me earlier in the season when I was like, they really weren't doing anything creative with him, and that's just kind of what they were doing it, and like not giving him enough targets while doing it either, right? But uh, no, it, it worked. This was the Pitts game. He looked great. Maybe Atlanta should move to London. Um, I hope so. You know me. I love it across the pond. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to hit my other now because I, 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 I give it to the Florida pass catching crew uh, with Kadarius Tony having a huge game as well. 13 targets. 10 catches, 189 yards, plus a carry for seven. Um, the whole offense ran through him against the Cowboys. And with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley getting hurt, you would think like, oh, God, this offense can be horrible to watch. It was really fun to watch Kadarius Tony. He he just – Jason Garrett, I guess, was just like, fuck it. Whole offense going through this guy. And it's, it's crazy how far he's come since the start of the year when we're like, yeah. did we miss on him? What's going on? Like, Jason Garrett's never going to utilize him. Now he's he, he's the whole offense. And he it, it wasn't just, like, quick yak throws or anything. Like, he put on some – like, he put Trevon Diggs, who people are talking about for Defensive Player of the Year, like, in a spin cycle multiple times with wonderful routes. His stop-start ability is ridiculous. He's just bouncing off tackles. He's like a pinball. Um, and he 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 also looked good on, like, deep just showing off the speed. But it really, to me, it was the route running yeah. that was the most impressive. Because, like, we we know he's a – based on what he did at Florida, how friggin' ridiculous he is in the open field and his contact bounce for a small player. But just the change of direction on a route – mixing with his just explosive athleticism just let him get open constantly against a cowboys defense that's a lot better this year than it has been mm-hmm. um it, it was really cool they also um they they let him throw a pass back to back which Devontae booker dropped uh and they the his his seven yard carry came on a on a um like he, he played wildcat quarterback and they let him do that like it, I don't know. Jason Garrett just all of a sudden is cool. I don't know what's going on. And then, um, he, then he punches Casey. Do you, okay, this is my question. Sorry to interject quickly. 
Do you think Joe Judge can be all in his fucking head? Because he yelled at He was pissed when, when Tony threw the punch. Which, honestly, I always think it's stupid to punch a guy wearing a helmet. But I don't know. He was the only player for the Giants in the whole fucking game. I liked it. I thought that was like fire. But do you think Joe Judge I is going to be like, all right, Tony, we got to bench you again? Or do you think he's going to shit? I don't him? know. Because Joe Judge also seems like the, the, the type who would be like, yeah, I like when my players fight. That's but true. he also seems like the, the, the type of, when my players break the rules, they never play again. It could go either way. <laughs> That's so true. Um, I, d- I do want to add that. Uh, most yards gained after the catch among rookie wide receivers through five weeks since 2007. This is from PFF College. Kadarius Tony is fourth with 166, um, which is impressive given that he's basically only been involved in two games. He's talented, man. I mean, and you see it right away. Like, like watching him last week, just the movement ability, like. Can 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 I quiz you on who the uh the I've got the top five for, so most yards gained after the catch among rookie receivers through week five since two thousand seven. My God! Um, obviously, Tony's one. Can you get the other four? No, but two I'll... of them are two of them are current rookies. Really, Jamar Chase? Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> I just assume like he's not been a big yak guy, but like he's getting those big touchdowns. Uh. Is C.D. Lamb on the list from last year? Nope. See, I know he had a huge... This Jefferson? Nope. Fuck. Okay, give me the non-rookies. Amari uh, Cooper and Julio Jones. Amari Cooper's right. number one. Julio Jones is third. Julio. A rookie in this current class is number two. Uh, why am I blanking? Not Waddle. Yep, Waddle's fifth. Really? That's funny. I guess all of his mm-hmm. damage has been yak. Uh, yeah, just dump off. Yeah, I'll talk about Waddle later. Uh, give me the clue for the last one. My brain is garbage right now. Current rookie from the Big Ten. Plays in the NFC West. Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, Rondell Moore, obviously. I should have got that yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah, Rondell Moore, just nine yards short of Amari Cooper. Uh, okay, who's your other offensive rookie of the week? I'm sure that was fun boast. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, but uh, hey, I'll mention Rondell Moore and Jalen Waddle. See where later, but uh, no, Jamar Chase is here for me. I split him with Kyle Pitts. Man, uh, it still kills me that everyone was writing him off as a bust in the preseason. And like, I, I I'm not gonna say I bought into it, but like for a second, like the stuff he's saying about like the difference between the football, like this was it scared me a little bit. Immediately, from the get-go, every single week, he's been a fucking monster. 159 yards on six catches, a touchdown. Um, on his touchdown, uh, Joe Burrow just kind of held onto the ball, waited, waited. Chase ran deep across the field. Burrow kind of just snuck it in there, uh, got it to Jamar Chase, housed it. Um, then then uh, later in the game, Chase had like one drop that was like a tough catch, right? And then on the very next play, he comes back, uh, Kill Stokes, who this was the rookie of the matchup of the week. It was, it was one-on-one, like, the whole game. Absolutely murdered Stokes, right? Off the line, no doubt about it. Joe Burrow underthrew it so bad, and Stokes broke it up. Should have been another touchdown for Chase. Uh, late in the game, super nice contested catch with Stokes in coverage. Uh, the one that, that got him into the red zone with four minutes to go that, to to keep them in the game, and then they miss a field goal. <laughs> and, then, and then in overtime, that insane toe-tap catch to convert the third down. It was ruled incomplete uh, originally. They quickly overturned it. That was amazing. It's not just the the you know the yardage and the touchdowns. It's watching his game and it being, being so impressive. And 
the separation and the route running and the hand. It's it's he's been pretty ridiculous. I I think like right now he's he's probably rookie of the year realistically, right? Um I I I, I would imagine so cuz who else like obviously I'm going to sit here and be like no, it's Rashawn Slater, yeah. but realistically I, I think it's 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 got to be Jamar Chase. Especially with the Bengals playing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, and like the quarterback class not yeah. really coming into its own yet. Obviously, still uh, 12, 12 games, but okay. Yeah, if I, I were mean, to if I were to ask you if you to win rookie of the year right now, uh, any quarterback or any other position, where would you put your money on? On in, like, sorry, I'm just betting on any quarterback or any other position. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So exactly what you just said. Um, <laughs> I, I would bet on another position because I think, especially uh, Jamar Chase is so far ahead right now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Rashawn Slater should should be like neck and neck with him, but no one's going to do that. Uh, but then you you've got guys like Kyle Pitts and Darius Tony coming on now. Like Najee Harris had his yeah. biggest week. I know he's banged up, but um, like you're starting to see these other positions flourish well. The quarterback class is still very up and down. I don't know. People are probably going to try and argue Mac Jones, though. So Yeah, it's just the quarterback bias that, that weighs that a little bit more. But uh, I think it helps the rest of the league that, A, obviously, or the rest of the positions that they're bad. But also, none of them are on uh, teams playing for. I guess I guess maybe Justin Fields, if he turns it on. But the rest of them not. I guess I guess Trey Lance, if he, if he, if he gets it the whole way. But um, mm-hmm. the rest of them are not playing okay. for anything. Yeah. Shift shifting focus defensive rookie of the the week. Are we both gonna say Gregory Rousseau? Yeah, he won AFC Defensive Player of the Week, so it's we can't disagree with the AFC voters, Rob. I, I agree. Um, now the NFC, it's a different story. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I always debate the AFC, with the NFC. Yeah, uh, only played forty two percent of the snaps against the Chiefs, and I think that is um, a, a big big positive in terms of. The Bills are really doing a good job rotating their defensive line and, and keeping guys fresh. Like we've, d- despite them taking Rousseau in the first round, Boogie Basham in the second round, like um, they're they're still utilizing like Mario Addison. They're yeah. still utilizing Jerry Hughes. Epinesa. They're uh, AJ Epinesa. Yeah, he's having a big uh, year two all of a sudden, um, and I think that's a, that's a really big positive that they didn't. When they took Gregory Rousseau, they didn't feel forced to play him, but he's been so good that they they've found a way to get him on the field, and I think that's awesome. Uh, and I think it's it's helped him succeed. Like he leads the team in sacks right now. Uh, against the Chiefs, he had five tackles a sack. He had the the incredible interception where everyone was like, "Well, actually, in high school, he played safety, um, <laughs> and then then played nose tackle at Miami as just a pure pass rusher." Uh, but you you can see, like the length and the ridiculous athleticism just it it jumps off the off the screen when you watch him, um, and getting to see him be so fresh throughout games, uh, he was giving hell to uh, the Chiefs right tackle, um, he just looked awesome. Yeah, and- I don't know. I, I feel stupid because yeah. I I was so worried about him t- technically and. Uh, just obviously having the opt-out year and playing this weird pass-rushing nose-tackle position so frequently at Miami. But he's such a height-weight-speed freak, freak. Yeah, it's kind of classic draft Twitter to overthink a guy like that. But in in our defense, I mean, I'm not really a draft Twitter, but in our defense, um, there's been so many of those type of guys 
as pass rushers to come into the NFL and do nothing, right? But he's clearly not one of those guys. And um, you know what? I, yeah, last week his his usage was down too, and it was kind of just more so that the game was completely out of reach, um, like over over the Texans. And I felt like they're saving him and mixing Boogie in uh, last week, who I, I mentioned flash and and had the sack. And uh, Boogie played a pretty good game last um, uh, Sunday night too. Um, yeah, that but that that the batted the ball to to intercept it in the red zone was kind of just ridiculous. <laughs> like that was that was silly. And the instant impact, you know what? And like look how good, look how great the Bills' defense is playing. Like historically good through five weeks, which is I don't know. I don't think if I asked, if I said. If I told you that before the season, you would not have believed me whatsoever, right? We we all thought this was kind of like the, going to be the weakness of the team, but it's especially especially because like I think a lot of it's been the the all the boom in production from the defensive line. Yes, for we, sure. We know Tre'Davious White is awesome. We know their safety duo is awesome. Um, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano when he's healthy, but it's just the play of the defensive line is it's, it's more specifically the well Ed Oliver is actually having a really nice yes, season too, yeah. but. All the young guys up front and the vets, like the mix, it's it's finally working. Yeah, no, they they've been terrific, and I felt it before the season. I felt it was the Bills' year, and I I, I think I think we gotta feel that way, right? Yeah, it's it's certainly given. Hey, the delay didn't slow them down one bit against the Chiefs. <laughs> they hey they played in the rain the week the week before. They live for it now, baby. Uh, worst rookie. Where are you going? Yeah, so this might be unfair um, because I, I mean it's not I like feel like you say that every time. I don't want to be mean to anyone. No, no. But okay, this is more anyway, like this I'm is the mean one. this is more like relative to expectations. Uh, I gave it to J- okay. Jalen Waddle, who obviously had expectations high. The apparently the yak rookie king or fifth place king, um, only two catches for sixty-one, uh, thirty-one yards. Sorry, uh, on on six targets. Uh, they got him the first touch of the game on a quick screen. Uh, it was flagged, but there was nothing there. And then they kind of went away from him, and he disappeared. And they threw the ball a lot in this game. Brissette threw the ball 39 times. And how much? How much? Okay, because against the Colts, they did a good job uh, last week in the first quarter. He had all three of his catches in the first quarter, and then they just never looked at him again, it felt like. what? How, how much of it was him? How much of it was that offense? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, well, I think it's a bit of both, but uh, – on that same drive, he, he had a really bad drop in the end zone for a touchdown. It was behind him, and there ended up being a flag on the play, so it wouldn't have counted. The throw wasn't good, but it was still right off his hands. So, like, I know it, the play doesn't exist in reality, but but it happened, and it, I'm sure it doesn't make you feel good. And, yeah, so I think it is a bit of both. But, you know, the, the receivers are banged up, right? And I think he, he's got to step up big. But, anyways, I'll, I'll keep going through here. First catch was a whip route, made the guy, like, nice route. Made a guy miss, got some yards. Second route was just like a comeback where Brazil found him um, as the pocket was collapsing. Solid throw, solid catch. Um, drew a pass interference later, um, but then it, it just there was one catch, a uh, third quarter I believe. It wasn't a big play or anything. It was just going to go for two yards, but he had a drop where the where he, he looked like he had bricks for hands, and it's just like what the fuck was that? And then that was just like the the symptom too later in the game to finish it off. Um, the ball went right through his hands and into Jamel Dean's hands, and it was just, it was just brutal. Um, so he's shown flash, like you just said, lots of yak. Um, I I thought like weeks one and two he was like uh, the Dolphins' offense was terrible, but he was impressive. Um, but with wide receivers being banged up and Tua coming back, um, he's got to put it together and make some big plays happen for the for the floundering Dolphins. 
Um, I will jump to a guy who had his first career start and it didn't go very well. I just I felt bad putting Alex Leatherwood, so I I, <laughs> I didn't do it this week. <laughs> um, but the right guard move didn't help. Um, Brady Christensen made his first career start for the Panthers at right tackle. Uh. Obviously, the Panthers got up quickly and collapsed against the Eagles. The Eagles' defense was awesome. Darius Slay had two picks. Sam Darnold looked terrible. But in Sam Darnold's defense, his offensive line played poorly, and specifically Brady Christensen stood out. Um, He played every snap and got bullied for the most part. Didn't sustain blocks very well in the run game. But to me, the, the biggest concern was just how frequently he was beaten pass protection. Like whether whether it would end in a sack like a sack or a pressure or not, he he was just losing a lot of reps and just he got away with a handful of holds too. I thought when <laughs> an edge kind of got dipped under him and he would get away with one. Um guys were going right through him. It was a lot of Derek Barnett. He got a little banged up though. Um but yeah like obviously the Eagles de- defensive line is is uh pretty loaded. Um, and I think you'll hear a lot of people talk, like, once again, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave looked awesome. Um, but, like, I thought um, against him, like, Derek Barnett kept getting under him and, and, and kind of walking him backwards. Josh Sweat got under him a few times. Sweat's been um, really good, by the way, too. Yeah, Teron Jackson, another rookie, looked very good against the run against him and actually against uh, – um, Taylor Moten, who moved to left tackle for this game, which I think that was a mistake because mm-hmm. I think Taylor Moten's a very like an awesome right tackle. Brady Christian came, came in a BYU playing left tackle. He looks bad at right tackle. I I get the left like the left tackle's the blind side, whatever. They're both super important. I I don't know. Making two guys switch positions just seems yeah. not smart. Yeah, maybe that's the key to the um, to the issue, right? Yeah. So he looked really poor, and and that's a guy who I said start the rook like three weeks ago, and you did, and it didn't work. Um, but yeah, he, he looked pretty bad. Uh, primetime star, obviously it's Greg Rousseau. And then if you want to call a London game primetime, it's Kyle Pitts. I wouldn't. But not, <laughs> not, not too, yeah, well, some of us would. 9.30 a.m. is primetime for me. Um, I wish all games kicked then. I'm a West Coast boy at heart. Uh, my idea was. Odafi away. Oh, quickly, I, my idea. Put put the best game of the week Sunday morning, and then I'll I'll, I'll care about it. Uh, yeah, away. But I, I I'd <laughs> rather it be a game that if I because it's a ridiculous time if I can't catch it, like it not be a big deal. Right, but like I didn't want to wake up for that game. I'm glad I did because I got to see Kyle Pitts. But hey, didn't. sleep in sleep in this Sunday. Hey, yeah, don't, don't bother getting up. It's okay. I'll watch it. <laughs> we got Lawrence this week. We got to uh, wake up. <laughs> Primetime star Odafi away, who constantly every time the Ravens are in primetime makes a big play. Yeah. I like he was my run up for a defensive the, rookie of the week too. <laughs> and run up for a primetime star. Yeah, get, yeah. Like the the strip sack was awesome where he just timed Dude. the snap and yeah. fucking flew past Eric Fisher. It was a ridiculous how well sack, but he, he timed that. Like he looked like he was offside but he wasn't. Yeah. And, and like just, he he had a uh, like it wasn't just that too. Like he he was consistently like the Colts offensive line looked bad. But away was Creating havoc. Um, he played sixty five percent of the snaps. He's again playing a consistent role for them. Uh, he's been he's like in the if you were to put a defensive rookie of the year yeah. list together, like he would be on that list. Yeah. He's been wildly good. Yeah, and, and I mean obviously it was early in the game the strip sack, but 
if he didn't make that play, they probably lose the game because the Colts were uh, in the red zone, too, right? I know it's so much more to go, but but one more score, that game doesn't go to overtime. That's how math works. Um, yeah, five pressures, a couple quarterback hits in that sack, and yeah, the, the jump was ridiculous. Then just the speed to beat Fisher so easily, and then yeah, wow, great play. Um, so yeah, I put his name down. Obviously, Rousseau is, is number one. Uh, I, mean, I want to mention Creed Humphrey too because he he's been like just completely elite the last few weeks. I know that they lost the Chiefs and they're yeah they got to get back on track. I was I was gonna put them somewhere, but then I just I was like ah they lost. Well, yeah, they yeah, good spot. Yeah, I just I felt like you know with with Rousseau getting the real headline, I, I felt like we can sneak two guys in here. Uh, from from PFF has only allowed two pressures on 240 pass blocking snaps all season, which is pretty ridiculous yeah, for, for a rookie center awesome. that uh, on a team that you know you know when they're throwing and they're they're throwing a lot. Um, okay, underwhelming performance. Yeah, I'm going back to the offensive line. Uh, Panay Sewell, who underwhelming because who I mentioned last week for this. Yeah, who we mentioned last week for this. And uh, who has come – I don't even say come back down to earth the last two weeks, but uh, has fallen apart the last two weeks. I thought, like, immediately because, you know, there's not too many rookies in this game. I just want to keep my eye on him. And uh, I thought he didn't look bad. Like, we're off the start. And then it, it just fell apart really quickly where uh, Everson Griffin just ate his lunch, just started eating his lunch. And it was a strip sack early in the game from Everson Griffin. Uh, two sacks total, both from Griffin. Four pressures. Uh, run blocking looked really meh to me. Uh, another game where, you know, the, the Lions were obviously in it until the very, very end. They need him to, to get his shit together. They need him to get his shit together and, and fairly quick. Uh, a defense that needs a rookie to get his shit together fairly quick is the Kansas City Chiefs need Nick Bolton to wake up. Nick Bolton looked terrible against the Bills. Um, this was kind of my first Nick Bolton. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I haven't really watched the Chiefs. Um, six tackles, two TFLs, box score looks great, 75% of the snaps. Nick Bolton can't cover. Nick Bolton looked like he can't move. It was so, like, he gets downhill in a hurry, he can blow some shit up. Yeah. But he was, like, he was also getting fucking moved by offensive line. He just didn't look good moving laterally. Josh Allen put him in a blender. I was really disappointed with Nick Bolton. Yeah. And that defense is terrible. It is. It is. And, like, I've, I've talked about him in, in good light in weeks past, and uh, that's been against the run. So, against a team that doesn't run the football very much and is obviously prolific as hell slinging the ball around the yard, uh, just a bad uh, bad situation. I think you led the Chiefs in tackles, but that's not saying anything. Did, did you have Spencer Brown anywhere? No, not this week. Last week I did, remember? He he yeah yeah he like quiet but good. Yep yep I know. Like last Quiet's good for an offensive lineman. Yeah, last week in that forty to nothing game where he was his first start, I could really just key in on him. But Sunday night football, like it's a little, a little hard. But no, definitely quiet but good. I think I think he was only credited with one pressure, maybe like one or less for sure. Uh okay, who who's looking like a hit for you? Yeah, I feel like we can mention him every week. Uh, Rondell Moore, another another terrific game. And he's just so much fun. Where you know they lining him up in the backfield, one play backfield play action. Uh, he was like behind the running back. Like they do that little. What's the form? It's like it's not pistol because they're like basically in the shotgun with a receiver behind them. And and the the, the Niners have done it too. Anyways, just a quick toss out to him from behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, they had two tight ends out in front blocking, and he ended up like just getting an inch an inch shy of the end zone. Could have. I think it was a touchdown. They they didn't. They didn't rule him, but whatever. Yeah, just a lot of fun stuff lining him up behind Kyler, and then obviously had that insane, 
insane deep silent catch that he just adjusted to. Uh, tiptoe, dragged both feet. Uh, originally ruled not a catch again like Chase's, but uh, it was, and it was just silly. And this is happening every week. Where I, From week one, it was ridiculous how well uh, Moore and Kyler's chemistry are, especially when Kyler's on the move. And I think you keep seeing it. And five catches, 59 yards, plus three carries for 38 yards. They're using him exactly as we hoped they would when they drafted him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, going to the New Orleans Saints, looking like a hit for me is they love their Buckeyes, and Pete Werner <laughs> is awesome. Pete Werner played 99% of the snaps, had 13 tackles. Uh, he looked phenomenal. He, him and Demario Davis, those two, to find two linebackers who can lower the boom as run defenders – but also look fluid in coverage, that's rare. And Werner was targeted multiple times in coverage, and his positioning was just awesome. He didn't. He, he did get called on a bullshit defensive pass interference against Jared Patterson, but whatever, ignore that. Other than that, like he, he held up in coverage, and he looked fantastic uh, uh, in run fits. Like He had a big, uh, I, th- I want to say it was like a second and one. He slammed Antonio Gibson. Uh, when he when he filled, um, but he just he he they were moving him around too at times. Like he wasn't he, he played um, he's playing some will. Uh, he he played some true Mike, and at, at, at one point they a couple times they they'd have him come down and almost line up as a three four outside edge backer, and ju- just to I guess just to um, set the edge mm-hmm. and he looked good doing that and he plays with so much energy. He was so much fun to watch. Yeah, I had him somewhere a couple weeks ago, I think in his first start, and he, he yeah. looks really good. Yeah. Who uh, looks like a miss? So I'm going to give you two uh, guards, all right, and for opposite reasons. Uh, the positive light or the negative light for me, I put Elijah Very Tucker here. I thought he was so great. Back-to-back games, he's been really good. Uh, he Obviously, he came on slowly. I thought he was bad week one, uh, a little bit better week two. But now he, he might be their best player on their offense, as of late at least. Um and, yeah, like, I think I had a borderline first-round grade on him. Not like I was super low, but he's playing like he went in the right spot or should have went a little bit higher. And I think it's especially saying something when the rest of the offensive line is not great. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, uh, I was high on this player, Jalen Mayfield. I mentioned him multiple weeks. He is still a disaster. Just giving up a bunch of pressures in the same game, obviously. Um, I don't know. I saw glimpses last week, I guess it was. Where like he, he's playing pretty physical, getting some pancakes, but I don't know if he's ever gonna get it right. And there was some stuff about tra- like in training camp that he just wasn't looking good, and it's it's transferred. I, I, I you know what? I'm happy they're letting him play through it though, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not hopeful about Mayfield, to be completely honest. Mm. Um, I'm I'm gonna go stick on the offensive line as well, and I'm gonna say in I was too low on this guy. And it sucks because he got hurt in the game, but he looked so fucking good before getting hurt. Uh, and that's Washington football team right tackle Samuel Cosme. Uh, he he was, like, shutting down. He was handling Cam Jordan. Uh, he Granderson fell rookie Peyton Turner. He just looked smooth operating. He One concern I had about him was how he would handle power in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I thought he had some issues with his anchor and he'd get too high and his base would get kind of uh, tight. 
he like he handled Cam Jordan really well. He, he Granderson, uh, uh, I think, went with a long arm move at one time. He just washed him right out. And we know he's an athletic guy with with clean feet. And he he was just like washing guys out of the play like it was nothing. But prior to getting hurt, I thought he was their best offensive lineman. And that 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 like that's a Saints D line that's got talent. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And he's been pretty good. Like, I don't think we've talked about him really, but um, he's been really solid all all year. To be completely honest. Um, okay, needs to step it up. I'm just going to jump right and stay in that same game because I got two guys from that game. Uh, Jamin Davis, who I thought, because John Bostic got hurt, I thought mm-hmm. Jamin Davis was going to be playing a ton. And he, he like, barely plays. Yeah. Um, he played 23% of the oh, snaps. And it was just, it's even worse than usual. Yeah, like, he, yeah, like the, the snap count went down with John Bostic out, which is not a good sign. No. And yeah, like no impact on the game, and that defense has been so bad. Can like especially because we all thought it was gonna be a top five unit, and it's just not good. Um, especially because the 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 Saints really lean on Alvin Kamara in the past game, and and like you would love to have a linebacker with John Davis yeah. size and athleticism to hopefully deal with that, but yeah, I guess not. Um, flip side, Peyton Turner, who a couple of weeks ago had a really big game, I just. He he looks solid against the run. He does a good job against the run. It just really little pass rush. Uh, like I talked about, Samuel Cosme shutting him down. Charles Leno shut him down. Um, the right tackle, he couldn't do much against. There just wasn't a lot of pass rush plan. I felt it was a lot of just bull rush and nothing. Um, and they're gonna need him in that division uh, to to just add a little more in terms of pass rush. I think because he's playing like he played forty three percent of the snap. He's playing a lot. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Um, my player is, is, is kind of low-key, too. Maybe unfair of him, but he was playing a lot in Thursday Night Football for the Rams. Uh, Robert Rochelle, who had 83% of the snaps, uh, and I just didn't think he looked good. Um, it was early where, where Lockett just cooked him on that double move. Uh, Russ didn't throw a good ball. It was a little bit underthrown. He got hit. Um, Rochelle just pulled down Lockett, which probably a smart pass interference, but maybe not because the ball was under his own. But that was that was just a bad, bad play. Uh, and then just totally blew it on, on the Geno Smith to DK Metcalf touchdown. DK, he just let him get behind him, then mistimed his jump terribly. Had no clue where he was. It was it was all bad. Finally, he did come back at the end and had a nice um, uh, pass deflection on the locket, end zone uh, fade. Late in the game, it was a pretty nice play. So hopefully he can build on that. But if he's playing this much and the Rams defense – Solid, but not not where it was last year. They they need him to uh to perform and not give up these big fucking plays. Um, speaking of rookies who stink, uh, not ready to play. I'll, I'll go with Alex Leatherwood because it's just like it went from he's been worst rookie a couple times and needs to step it up. Now I just don't think he should be on the field. Like that's just how Ouch. bad he has been. Yeah, and he moved from right tackle to right guard, and you're thinking, hopefully that mitigate some of the issues but it didn't like he he was terrible against the bears he was just getting moved around he couldn't get any push in the run game he got called on two more penalties one was declined but two holding penalties so in total this year he's been called on eight penalties in five games two have been declined though so i guess just technically six but like he's just a penalty nightmare and yeah they've i mean when you're so bad at right tackle, they kick you in the right guard, and you're just just as bad. Like that's a scary sign. Uh, I funny enough, I got a guy who is moving the opposite direction from guard to tackle, or, or going to left tackle, I should say. Uh, Liam Eikenberg, 
who got the start at left tackle. They flipped Austin Jackson to left guard is what I meant to say. And uh, from the first snap, Joe Tryon turned him inside out and nearly had a sack on, on Jacoby Brissett. Later on the drive, he got like a decent push on, on Barrett and he kind of rode him. But like, it's almost like he thought he was winning, but he rode Barrett right into the into the run. So I don't know. It was, it was weird looking, and, and Barrett made the play. Um, I don't know. Like he to me early on at least, he looked unsure of who to pick up when the Bucks were blitzing. Uh, just felt like he was playing patty kick at times, completely whiffing. And then like he gave up a strip sack before the half, where where Brissett just got uh, sorry, Shaq Barrett got underneath him, just rode him around the edge, got leverage, and Brissett probably should have had, had to field the. The pressure better, but still. Um, then another one where you just like a whiff of a pressure on JPP affected the throw, and like I thought he like settled into the game a little bit. He wasn't uh, bad in the second half, but then the strange thing was PFF they gave him like a seventy-seven grade, like second highest on the team, which I thought was insane. I don't know. T- to me, just he didn't look natural at left tackle. I like he, he felt the groove a little bit, but but Rob. He's better than Austin Jackson at left tackle. So that's, I guess, a win for the Miami Dolphins because uh, no more turnstile. And I, I didn't really key in on Jackson, but he wasn't giving up the same pressure because he didn't have to face the same level of player. It felt to me like Eichenberg was winning more when he was just like facing, like, you know, the, the Bucks went with the three man front and like uh, Nunes Rochez was like lined up against him, which you got to win those reps if you're Eichenberg, right? Like, I don't know. I didn't know where the PFF grade came from, but yeah. Fun. Uh, best day three rookie. I'll throw two running backs at you. Michael Carter had a nice little game in London. It looks like he's finally becoming the guy. Played 52% of the snaps. 38 on the ground, 20 in the air, two total touchdowns. Wasn't like a, a big, big game, but it felt like he did a lot mm-hmm. given what was around him. Um, and sticking at the running back position, going back to that Raiders-Bears games, Khalil Herbert yeah. looked really good and got used a ton i I told you how they clearly had a a plan to be a ball control team in this game and he had 18 carries for 75 yards like nothing magical but he played more snaps than playoff damien yeah um and he just looked awesome as a one cut and hit it like he was just it was it felt like every every carry was going for four going for five going for three like just consistently picking it up he just yeah, I, I think, like, he looked like a legit RB, too. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I was watching, uh, I just watched some clips on Twitter, and it was just a lot of, like, you know, outside zone, and he was cutting it back, cutting it back. And I think that's what he yeah. was at Vautech, which is the, a big-time slasher. Let me ask you this, though. I, I obviously didn't watch the game. Uh, did they go away from Williams as the game went on, or, like, was it kind of like a mix from the start? It, it started with, a lo- like, a lot more Williams mm-hmm. than sprinkling in Herbert then more by the end it was more Herbert because he was he outplayed them I kind of respect that uh that they did that you love Matt Nagy I love Matt Nagy I love him no I love my Hokies baby is what I is what I love uh speaking of uh rookie running backs I got one here too Eli Mitchell who is back he's healthy not uh an amazing performance at all he had nine catches uh catches nine carries for 43 yards two catches for 19 yards but my takeaway was that he is better than Trey Sermon, I think. I think right now he looks better in that offense. Just, you know, uh, kind of like like Herbert. Slasher with good burst. Um, impressively, though, out of all those yards, not that many. 48, more than his rushing total, came after contact. And I thought, he, you know, he gets the yards when they're there and um, can make a little something happen. He just, you know, he sees the hole, he goes. And Sermon has been a bit of a disappointment to me. And it's not like his stats have been that bad, but, like, 
I don't know. He, Mitchell's been just looked more dangerous to me than, than Sermon has. Um, undrafted rookie, did you have? Mm-mm. I haven't had very. Did you have anyone? Nope, I didn't have anyone this week. Okay, out of respect to you, I put Jarrett Patterson. My guy <laughs> drew the PI five snaps. In five snaps, this dude had four carries for 13 yards and Andrew a DPI. That's like good enough for me. He looked good. He had a great preseason. I mean, like it wasn't like it wasn't like fucking like four carries for 13 yards isn't like impressive, but like he I don't know, I thought he looked pretty good. I think like, he, he looks like a a backup back. Yeah, I think he could be an RB2 on a lot of teams. He just you know, they're they're already in a good situation there with with, with Gibson and uh McKissick, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, rookies who flashed. Yeah, I'll give you. I got, go ahead. I, I I got like a list that I'll run through quickly, but you can go first. <laughs> I got three names if if you allow me. All all defensive players, uh, all all high draft picks. First and first and foremost, a guy who's kind of bounced back a little bit. I thought Elijah Molden had a nice game. Uh, one minute into the game, he forced a fumble. Uh, Bayard returned that fumble for a touchdown. Um, he kind of just got to Dan Arnold as he caught it and dislodged it. You know, there's a debate: what was it a drop or a fumble? Ruled it a fumble, good play. Um, PFF said three coverage stops. He just allowed 13 yards receiving on three targets. Um, just a, like a nice, not like a super flashy game outside of the the, the fumble, but a good game. Um, another good player who played a good game, not a flashy game, though, is Eamon Collins, who I think hasn't been as good as we hoped he would, but I thought this was a solid game where um, the first play that caught my eye, he had four tackles. Um, just like Debo Samuel coming on a slant across the middle. Uh, the throw was a little behind him, and, and Debo dropped it. But um, Zayvon Collins was right there, right there. And I think maybe Debo heard the footsteps, and he, he did put a hit on, on Debo, but he, you know, he didn't let him up because it would have been defensive receiver. Uh, PFF said give him a good grade. A um, uh, couple, couple um, didn't allow reception and coverage. Didn't feel like he was like a big like impact player, but just like a good kind of start to him getting his footing. And lastly, a guy that um, has found his footing. And he's looking really good. Uh, Jeremiah Ubusu-Koromoa, who uh, played the guy. most snaps among Browns linebackers. Uh, five tackles, kind of just looking fast. Like, when he when he knows where the ball is going, he's beating the player to the hole, which is pretty ridiculous. So just him getting his – like, he's already impactful as hell and just flying around that defense. But just him, like, getting into the groove, uh, I think he's going to be a star. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I mean, he was my defensive rookie of the week the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, a couple guys here. Paulson Adebo had another good game. Uh, he actually played his least amount of snaps, 73%, but he had a nice interception. He looked really good in run support. Uh, Washington football team didn't really threaten him much because uh, he was never really covering Terry McLaurin. But, yeah, he looked really good. Uh, Patrick Sertain, really nice game against the Steelers. Had a nice pass breakup on Chase Claypool. The Steelers went after Kyle Fuller a ton and didn't really threaten Sertain much. Um, and when they did, he looked good. Uh, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore looked a lot better this week. That's um, good. The Steelers ran the ball a lot better. They both looked good in the run game. And speaking of that, Najee Harris had his his big um, his biggest game on the ground. Ran for 122 in a score. Was used the least amount in the passing game, which – I think it's a good thing because it wasn't just constant dump-offs to him. Like, they were actually threatening downfield with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, which in turn opened up the box and got Najee Harris, uh, like, just more space to work with and gave that offensive line an easier task. 
Um, so that all looked really good. Chuba Hubbard had a nice game. He he had a ton of touches. He had 29 touches. Oh, my God. For 134 total yards. Ran for 100 yards. Like, he looked pretty good. It, it was kind of inconsistent where it would be a chunk run, then wouldn't do much. Chunk run wouldn't do much. But he looks like he's good. Like, if Christian McCaffrey can get healthy and knowing that Chuba Hubbard can do this, mm-hmm. hopefully that means one McCaffrey's healthy, they won't. No. Feel the need to have such a heavy usage. Incorrect, because because um, whoever the running back is, they give them the ball thirty times a game. Apparently, I couldn't believe it. Twenty nine touches for a rookie running back. Yeah. Um. And oh, two more NFC East defenders: Milton Williams, who only played 30 percent of the snaps. Um, he's a really nice rotational player to have mm-hmm. on the inside with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. He's a wrecking ball against the run. Plays with so much energy, and then I can't not mention Micah Parsons. I just we've mentioned it's hard to find a spot to put him because he's just really fucking good. He was playing multiple positions in this game. Had three three QB hits. Was just sideline to sideline, playing linebacker, playing edge, doing whatever the Dallas Cowboys needed him to do. Um, he's very much in that defensive rookie of the year conversation. Oh, for sure. Uh, Especially yeah. playing for the Cowboys, it's always going to give him a bump. Yeah, like I. I if if the, the you asked me earlier um, about Jamar Chase for offensive rookie year, do you think right now it's Micah Parsons for defense? Uh, would he get my vote? I'm not sure, but I think he no, he would but win. but yeah. just give yeah okay yeah. okay uh, okay quickly before we get out of here so we can watch the end of our Leafs out of nowhere rookie. Uh, I didn't have a good one this week, but so I want to put. Uh, Monroe St. Brown here, who I know you had last week, and it's not really he's out of nowhere this week. But I'm just so happy they're getting the ball. And he, he led uh, the Lions receivers by far with seven catches, 65 yards. Five of those went for first downs. 51 yards from that is 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 yak. I thought he was really good. And he, he became a bit – this is what I, I think – I know we talked about him last week, but it's what I expected kind of off the hop, and it didn't take too long, so I can't criticize uh, Dan Campbell, the, the best crying coach in the league. But uh, – Became that security blanket kind of for Goff, the chain mover for Goff, and I'm really glad to see him uh, finally get the. I know it's not that long, but finally get the the targets he deserves. Um, I'll go with a, a deep cut. How about Roy Lopez? Who? Exactly. <laughs> uh, the Texans nose tackle. Right. Yeah. Um, he he plays a lot, which. It loops back to what I was saying, um, maybe about the Texans defense. Just there's not a lot going on there. But uh six round rookie out of Arizona playing nose tackle for them. Had a big pressure, played forty eight percent of the snaps and looked pretty solid doing it. The Leafs scored. What's the score? Two one. It's four one for Team Canada, by the way. Let's let's get to Cutter. Anyways, start the rug rub. I had him here week one, but I had to bring him up again because uh, he played. Christian Derrissaw. Uh, so I had to bring him up. Rashad Hill started the game, uh, was a complete fucking disaster. And then, like I said, they actually – Good, yeah? Did Derrissaw look good when he came in? Oh, come on, I was going to get there. So they mixed Derrissaw in. Oh, they didn't let him run, though. They, they mixed him in and went back to Hill, which I don't get, and that's why I'm saying start the rug. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't amazing at all. Uh, but he's better than Hill. Hill was a fucking disaster. But like, also like a weird spot, right? Like, it's not like off the linemen are gearing up to come off the bench. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, wasn't credited with giving away any pressures. I think just that fact means you roll with Derisa. And quickly, one last thing on this Vikings off the line. Uh, White Davis has been a healthy scratch the last two weeks, which is weird. And I like to see him on the field too. 
Uh, agreed. And you mentioned uh, Buckeye there, which transitions into my start the rook really easily. Um, and not necessarily start the rook, find a role for the rook. And that's Baron Browning with the Denver mm. Broncos, who's only played four defensive snaps this year. Um, played none against the Steelers. Has a role on special teams. They play the Raiders in week six. I would like to see them utilize Baron Browning. Like, we know the way Baron Browning was deployed at times at Ohio State in a pass rushing role. Yeah. He played off ball line back, or he played a bit of overhang. Like, he did a lot of different things at Ohio State because he's a really great athlete and a well built linebacker. I'd like to see Denver get a little creative with him because they, they really did not. Based on how bad the Steelers' offensive line is, I could not believe how, like, other than the horrible Ben Roethlisberger fumble strip sack, like, they didn't get a much consistent pressure, and they, they didn't, they couldn't stop the run. Well, Von Miller's dropping um, into like coverage. The defense, yeah. The defense looked so, like, pedestrian, yeah. and I just think with a guy, like, you, you, you should find some sort of role for him. Like, he's not playing any defensive snaps, a, a day, day two pick. So, I'd like to see them deploy him in, in some, like, sub packages and, uh, take advantage of what he can do a bit as a pass rusher. Uh, maybe he's looked terrible in camp. I don't know, but um, you would think there'd be something for him to do. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And like they've done such a good job of mixing Caden Stearns in. So like they've done a great job there. Just to finish the show, I was going to ask, did he did he look good this week? Sorry, say that again. How did Caden Stearns look this week? And I'm just saying that they've done such a good job mixing uh, him he- in, but. Not Browning. Get, it, he he didn't get like picked on. He gave up a bit in coverage, but like it was really it was a lot of Kyle Fuller getting picked on. Yeah, which uh, unfortunate. I thought this would be in a week where like you know this was a good. Uh, I don't want to use the word like maybe bounce back bounce back game for the Broncos defense, and it was the opposite. So, go Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, go Steelers Sunday Night Football. See them, champ. I know. We, we didn't even mention it. Seahawks, Steelers, Sunday night. I can't believe we didn't get flexed out. I'm just grateful for that. Uh, Geno Smith over under uh, 325 passing yards and a half. The over. Correct. Good work. <laughs>